Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well today's holiday short comes from Paul who asks has anyone here managed to get things going from literally a bottom level start? Is it doable? He uses the line I am basically a lender's worst nightmare, a bottom feeder when it comes to borrowing. Want to hear how to go about things when the computer says no? Well, today should help a little bit. Let's hear Paul's story now and see how I responded to the topic of finding your property financing with a low credit rating right now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. So this is what comes from Paul. So he, he had a bit of a preamble, but uh, basically he said, to my main point and questions, I was wondering, before I do get my hopes up for a future in property, I'm basically a lender's worst nightmare, a bottom feeder when it comes to borrowing, a very low credit score thanks to a few hiccups in life, as we all have now and again. I'm also currently a self-employed, but not contracted freelancer. Uh, again, but banks hate that. It's great when you have an accountant that manages to squeeze your books to your advantage, but the flip side is that the lenders think you're on the breadline. In my favour, though, I'm currently trying various things to rebuild my credit. Cards, phone, etc. No bankruptcies or CCJs and everything is paid on time. Plus, I have about 85k equity in my house that I'm looking to unlock once I have the bottle to do so to, uh, to start to invest and get things going. At this early stage, and referencing the Rob's advice, so far a flip may be a good place to start and build up from there. Has anyone here managed to get things going from literally a bottom level start? Is it doable? I know with hard work anything is possible, and I'm under no illusions that it will be easy. Blimey, it was tough back in the early noughties getting a mortgage, and and that was when the banks were throwing money at people. Perhaps a better plan would be to set up a limited company instead and start from there. Any advice would be welcomed and I'm looking forward to learning more and hopefully earning more by getting things going. All the best and thanks in advance, Paul. Okay, that was Paul and uh, posing that question. I I think um, I have to first of all say I really admire him for doing that. Um, It's not a lot of people who would actually front up and say I've got bad credit uh, or I've got bad credit rating. Um, So it's not a topic that you find covered a lot. So I was quite keen to dip in and uh, I kind of went to town a little bit. Um, Maybe not just specifically for Paul, but for maybe other people in slightly different positions uh, because uh, I should, yeah, kind of a bit of a soft spot for people who've been through some hard times, to be honest with you. I, um, over a decade ago, more, um, I had financial challenges, let's say, and, you know, I've, you know, just, I know what it's like, you know what it feels like. So, uh, yeah, I try and give it a little bit back uh, if I possibly can in this way. Not money, I hasten to add, so don't write in and say, please, can you give me some money? Uh, <laughs> no, more in terms of the approach and the attitude. <clears throat> anyway, I'll get on with it. So here's my response. Uh, Hi, Paul, uh, the bottom feeder, surely you're being humorous or at least self-effacing. But if not, do not panic. 
First of all, to clarify, and that's for everybody, I am not a mortgage broker or a financial advisor. So all I can share with you is some hints and tips based on general experience, some personal um, you know, experience through uh, a career in financial services, uh, property investing, and in the past, some financial challenges too, as I alluded to earlier, along with some other people who I work uh, with or alongside who have a lot of experience in the area. So one of the first steps is to understand your current position, which it sounds like you are doing. But uh, for other people listening, perhaps, you know, get hold of your credit reports and get get one from each of the main credit reference agencies, of which there are at least three, which is Experian, Equifax and Core Credit. And there's also a free one called Noddle. There might be some other services out there right now. I think I've possibly heard some other ones, but the main ones who the lenders use are Experian, Equifax and Core Credit. There is a free one uh, called Noddle and, you know, you can get that to start with and that maybe give you some clues. But trust me, each of them uh, has slightly different information on, uh, which sounds kind of bizarre, but they do. But do get uh, get all of them, uh, because as I mentioned, some of them record uh, different uh, information and different institutions use different uh, credit reference agencies. And you're entitled to get a copy of your, uh, sorry, what's called a statutory copy of your credit report, f- report for just £2. And that was the last time I checked. I now have a monthly subscription, so I haven't actually gone and got my latest credit report um, using the statutory method. But by law, you're entitled to see what these people hold on you. Uh, and it costs just two quid or it's a low amount, basically. So get it from everyone. It's just two quid each one. Money well spent. Um, but equally, search for and apply for your National Hunter profile. Mm. <laughs> uh, it costs about 10 quid, I think, with them to get this. But most people have never have heard of them, the National Hunter database. And uh, so it's the lending market's biggest secret. Um, more on this uh, is in a blog, blog post that I've linked to in the show notes. So if you want to know more about that, or just go over to our website and, and search for National Hunter or the biggest, uh, the secret credit reference agency, and you'll find the blog post. But equally, it's in the show notes link as well. So uh, that's kind of four, four or five searches. So a little bit of work, homework there for you. Read them and study them and see what it says. Uh, and, and of course, the next step is to repair or correct any mistakes or errors that exist. Believe it or not, they do make errors. So you might have a credit uh, uh, impairment or bad credit uh, rating, which is kind of not to do with you, really, not fault of yours. Of course, you might know that you have a fault, but equally, it might be exaggerated. You may even be able to put it right. Just to illustrate the point, I had a false address connection on one of my reports that I needed to remove from, from the report. Of course, this could have uh, led to uh, potentially and an, an being wrongly linked to some dod- dodgy drug dealer or, or criminal or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know that my uh, I was linked to an address, a random address in the Midlands, which I, I, I'd never been anywhere near. I never even been living in the town. So it uh, didn't make any sense. So, yeah, study it. Uh, put right the uh, the errors that are there is the first step. Also, if you have any outstanding defaults or judgments, then make a plan to clear them. And by the way, if you have already cleared them, but they're still showing on your credit report as being uh, unsatisfied, then write to the lender concerned and get them to correct that. Write to the credit agency, make them aware of it. There is a process. It is a bit of a ball ache, but go through it. It is worth it. Um, but if you if you did have any of these uh, defaults or 
judgments against you and um, you know they, they've been cleared or will do then get a satisfaction certificate and you can get that from a court if, you, if it was a county court judgment you can get some sort of confirmation of settlement from a lender just get some proof you might be asked for this uh, later on so when you what we we're doing here is we're kind of getting our house in order correcting any mistakes uh, getting any backup information because if you've got the bad credit it's going to be there for all to see but at least you're doing things about it like you're getting maybe you've got a plan to pay it down maybe you've got a satisfaction certificate you can show people so it might say i'm in a better position now than i was in the past uh, and as i mentioned get uh, make sure it's corrected on your credit report that's the main thing get it on get it anything wrong corrected on your credit report get anything that's settled corrected on your credit report too but bear in mind it takes about a month or so for credit reference agencies to update the data so it's not immediate either but if you've got large debts or an IVA, I think it stands for uh, ooh, what is it? It's, ooh, voluntary independent voluntary arrangement. I think it stands for actually uh, IVA. <laughs> Basically, it's where you come to an arrangement with your creditors to pay off, uh, the, pay them off over time, um, usually at pennies in the pound rather than you know the full amount, uh, or, or something similar to that. Then the snowball method can help you to sort it out. Uh, so any, any large debt, you know, or if you've got lots of different credit cards or credit arrangements, you've got an IVA, you've got judgments, then the snowball effect is quite an effective strategy. And this is where you get to throw extra money at one debt in particular. So, you know, you've obviously got a finite amount of money. Let's say it's £100 a month. And let's say for argument's sake, you had 10 lenders and you're paying them £10 a month each. If you can squeeze out an extra 10, 20, 30 pounds a month and pick one of those 10 lenders and throw that 10, 20, 30 pounds a month at them, you'll pay down that particular debt a lot quicker than the other ones. And uh, usually, it's, usually it's best to target the one with the highest interest rate or the largest monthly payment or even the one that you can pay off the quickest. Sometimes just get motivated. So, you know, picking on the one that you owe £500 to rather than the one you owe £5,000 to, you get it off your record, you get it out the way. So target the £500 one if you just want a quick win. But then what you didn't then do is you transfer the payment you were making to that um, the, the, the one you're targeting, that you're originally paying, plus the extra amount, and then pick on the next one. And so, of course, what you're doing here is you're taking a bite out of the um, the total debt in a, in a sort of a manageable way, small bites rather than a big chunk. You know, it's, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. And this creates the snowball effect. You pick on one, you pay it off, you transfer that money onto the next one, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and you'll be able to pay them off much faster. And another thing, to be honest, if, you, you know, if you're just overwhelmed with debt and uh, it's just got too much for you, you can do uh, an IVA, which is a formal arrangement. You could consider bankruptcy. Um, I'll talk about how long these things last on your credit rating in a minute. Uh, or even you can just uh, enter into a, a private arrangement with the uh, lenders concerned. Um, maybe drop me an email if that's in your uh, if that's your situation. I can perhaps give you a few uh, tips which maybe I'll, I won't talk about on air. Uh, in in, in I've, I know I know some people who've been for this process uh, quite recently, um, so I can probably give you a couple of pointers um, if that is you. And don't worry, I will not judge. So there we go. Um, 
But make a, you know, you make a, I was talking about Paul here, you make a good point about uh, the so-called credit repair tactics. So having things like smaller credit or repayments like a mobile phone or a catalog, you can get a catalog actually, um, order something off the catalog, you know, you can pay it off monthly, make sure you pay it by the way, but it'll improve your credit rating as long as you stick to the arrangement. So you kind of start to drown out bad credit with good credit. That's the principle. And it'll show a better payment record and good money money management skill. Um, I think as Paul alluded to, we all have hiccups perhaps and we change and we mature and we get better at handling money. Um, and it just demonstrates that and hopefully it'll accelerate it as well. But keep in mind that bad credit has a six-year shelf life in the most part. Uh, it's 10 years for bankruptcy, uh, but it's six years for, let's say, a county court judgment or a delinquency or a default or um, you know something like that that sits on your credit uh, report. So it should fall off your credit report after a period of time is what I'm trying to say. And it's provided the account has been settled or brought back up to date first. Um, so it's not just six years from you when your bad credit started, it's from when your bad credit ended, in effect. But the point is, time is a great healer. Uh, with credit history. So if you struggled, and this is, I'm referring to Paul, uh, back in the early noughties, uh, which obviously was round about 15 to 18 years ago, then perhaps things are looking a lot better today. And that's one of the reasons for getting hold of your credit report. Just see exactly what it is. Do not bury your head in the sand uh, on this issue. Um, it's tempting to do that. Uh, and it's also tempting to not open the post and all of that. But don't do any of those things. It's best to face it up, front it up. There is a way forward. There's charities that are out there that can help you. Um, there is the law that allows you to do certain things like these IVAs or debt management plans. There is a way through all of this. So if you happen to be listening and that, that you know, you're affected by that, again, get in touch and I'll try and give you as much direction as I possibly can. Uh, although I'm not qualified, uh, but I have an interest in the area. But if, uh, if once you've started all of this and you feel as though things are stabilizing, so you've got your report, uh, you've got a bit of savings, or you're starting to do the snowball effect and pay off some debt, things are under control, um, then, you know, no matter how small, uh, some lenders like to see savings. I, I kind of drifted off the point there, but I want to say start to have a little bit of savings, even if it's a small amount of savings. Uh, it's good to have that kind of savings discipline if you possibly can. But of course, paying down the debt is the main priority. I do accept that. So if you've got 50 grand's worth of debt, then sticking away £100 a month into a savings plan isn't really going to help you too much. Um, but, you know, if 50 grand a, a, a month um, in debt, maybe you can throw £90 at the, um, at the debt and just put £10 into savings. It's just a little discipline. And if nothing else, it's going to help you not fall into the same situation again by creating a small buffer or rainy day fund when the inevitable strikes and, you know, you've got a bill you need to pay and you don't have the money for. But avoid using all of your credit limits as well. I'm talking about consumer credit here in particular. Um, and so keep keep your uh, unsecured debt balances to 50% or less of the available credit limit. And a useful technique here actually sounds quite counterintuitive in, in all honesty, but it also requires a great degree of self-control. So if you don't have self-control, don't do this. Uh, so tread very, very carefully. But just to illustrate, if you say have uh, several credit cards which have got, let's for argument's sake, say balances of £6,000 and a total credit limit of say £8,000, 
then this clearly suggests that you're using 75% of your available credit limit, 6,000 as a percentage of 8,000. However, if you got another credit card with a balance of, let's say, £4,000 and don't use it, <laughs> this is where the self-control comes in, or if you do plan to use it, use it to switch some of the existing balances across to make it more of an even 50% across the board, um, then you're, you're going to be in a better shape. So uh, cut that, suggest you cut the cards up at some point. Uh, a lot of people, they, they do, they say cut the cards up so you can't use them. So, you know, you kind of get yourself into a decent position, get the extra credit cards, spread it across them, cut them up, throw them away so you can never use them again. But what I'm trying to say there is if you turn £8,000 credit limit into £12,000 credit limit and keep the debt at £6,000, then you've just lowered your uh, utilisation of your available credit limits from 75% down to 50%. And um, that's going to improve your credit score. A lot of this is computerised. It's computerised credit scoring systems. So there'll be thresholds. 75% above will be considered high, you know, higher risk than <coughs> excuse me, 50% or below. Anyway, so far, we're only really talking about credit repair and consolidation. But if you speak to a decent mortgage broker, especially after you've got this far and everything is, is more under control, then they should be able to tell you if you qualify for lending with certain lenders. And just like in love, there is usually somebody for everybody out there. Some lenders specialize in adverse credit or subprime, which is what this area is called. Somebody with bad credit, they use different language, use adverse credit or subprime. But it means, you know, an impaired credit rating, uh, bad credit, etc. And uh, there is lending, believe it or not, um, out there for people who fall into this sort of category. So, it, you know, if he's not, you know, and Paul might be in this case because he said he didn't have any CCJs or bankruptcies. So I suspect he can get lending. Um, but there's also some short-term lenders out there who don't even take a credit reference. So if you've got a bad credit, but you've got a good income, for example, uh, or you've got equity that you can access, then there are some lenders out there that will allow you to do that without even taking a credit reference. It's at the margins. I'm not saying it's going to be the best rates, but there is still lending out there. But as ever, take advice, read the small print, You know, be careful what you do. And then, of course, so we talked about some of the lenders, you know, you know, some of them are mainstream, some of them are not so mainstream, who will take you on if perhaps you've got an impaired credit. But then there's some alternatives to mainstream or high street uh, bank lending as well uh, in terms of financing. So don't get hung up um, on it just being a mortgage or, or something like that. So, for example, there are option agreements, installment contracts, non-status lending and bridging developer and vendor finance as opposed to bank finance, joint ventures, um, private lenders, and so on. They're all out there if you look deeply enough. Now, I'm not saying you just, you've got a bad credit and you walk into a private lender or you ask a JV partner to buddy up with you because you've got a bad credit and it's automatically going to happen. It, it isn't quite as simple as that. I'm just saying that, that there are alternatives and if things are, are packaged and positioned in the right way, then it's possible. But if you want to know more on that, I'd suggest you check out series three of the Property Voice podcast uh, for all you can eat financing options. Uh, put a link in the show notes um, to when that particular when, uh, that, that series starts, but you can look through the archives. You can find it yourself on iTunes or on the website. I'm absolutely sure. So in summary, then understand and control your 
credit position. Know what it is. Face up to it. Get the information at hand. Understand, uh, sorry, and then, then consolidate your position and make a plan to attack it in some of the ways that I've talked about. Next, understand what lending options exist based on your current credit rating and maybe if you can improve it a little bit. So if you can get to the next level, does that give you better access to funding? But also explore alternatives to the obvious and the mainstream. I am aware, so if you listen to the third series on the podcast, I'm aware of people who've built a property portfolio through lease options or through vendor finance. Um, and, and, you know, there's no lend, there's no credit reference involved often in those types of arrangement. And so they've gone from, you know, nothing and got effectively lending or some sort of financing arrangement in a non-traditional way, even though they've got an impaired credit. I'm not actually suggesting people on the podcast had a bad credit. Sorry, just to clarify. Um, I actually have no idea, but I'm just saying it is an alternative. So um, <laughs> really... Just kind of it isn't if it isn't clear enough already. I'm not providing any financial advice here, uh, just in case it wasn't clear. I really want to stress that. Um, so do you know do do take proper professional advice. I'm happy to give you some pointers. I've already qualified that I'm not you know a qualified financial advisor or a debt management counsellor, but I'm happy to give you some pointers if you want to drop me a line. And of course, I've given some pointers throughout this episode. So in other words, do not get another six credit cards, take out a payday loan uh, from a loan shark and go and buy a property as it probably won't end too well. <laughs> Hope that helps. And I've kind of embellished that a little bit as I've gone along, as you can probably imagine. Um, got a little bit passionate about the topic. But needless to say, um, you know, it is a topic that isn't covered a lot. Um, you know, in uh, you, can, you can read a lot. There's a lot of information on blogs, but there's not a lot in, that we talk about in this way, like on a podcast episode. So I hope that's been useful. I know it's a niche topic. I'm planning to cover a couple of niche topics over these uh, holiday shorts. And that's another one for this week. And uh, I'm sure there'll be another one coming up next week too. But as a reminder, the show notes for today's episode can be found at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. Or if you want to talk about anything from today's show, and, you know, I'm giving you plenty of cues there, uh, or just property investing more generally, you know, you can email me personally, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'd be very happy to hear from you. But once again, all I want to say for now is thank you very much for listening this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.